your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 230 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And your Ottawa Senators have begun the 2021 season with a victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs despite falling behind early. It was unreal watching the players come out on the ice, the beautiful 2D kits. The start, maybe not what you wanted, but hey, the Toronto Maple Leafs had an entire game to prepare for Ottawa. They came out with a bang in the second, three goals in four and a half minutes. Pilsy and I will break that all down. We'll also get into our Send Central standouts. Yes, new segment alert. And it's Saturday. Don't think we forgot about you citizens out there. Peter Houston joins us. A really cool story. He's a story editor at TSN. Cut the highlight pack for Toronto, Ottawa last night. So we'll get into some behind the scenes of that and a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, January 16th in Pilsy. That was worth the wait. My God, is it a good day to be an Ottawa Senators fan. A 5-3 victory to start this season off. And it's been over 300 goddamn days since we've had Sens hockey. And that's the way to turn things around and get this season started. They looked absolutely amazing in those black 2Ds. And sure, maybe not the start you wanted, but they, they cooled down. They collected themselves and they came out with a bang after that first goal because... Look, this is, and Craig Button said it best, what, right after the game. There, This is the Battle of Ontario, one team battle tonight, and that was the Ottawa Senators, and it was clear. The Leafs were just flat. Like, the, the Leafs, I don't know, if you're a Leafs fan, that's got to be pretty disappointing to watch your team put up an effort like that. But screw those Leafs fans. It's about the Sens, and they came out so good. I couldn't have scripted it any better. Like, that was an amazing game. And battling through adversity too, Pills. That Zach Hyman goal was a high stick, point blank. It wasn't even close. It was like six to eight inches above the crossbar on a five-on-three power play. And you can't really argue the, the penalties on that, the hold from Paquette to make it a five-on-three. And Stepan, it was a delay game. That's as black and white of a call as you can make. But Ottawa working later on in the period. And with their legs moving, they drew a couple penalties, including Tim Stutzel. We'll get to the rookie's debut a little bit later. But how perfect was Thomas Shabbat? The way he cut through the slot on the five-on-three to really collapse the triangle and then pop out just a quick pivot, open up to his spot and upstairs with less than a minute to go in the first period. That to me is your TSN turning point. And that's knowing that Kerfoot scored midway through the second to make it 2-1 Toronto. But that, and yeah, you can call it tense. However, with nobody in the crowd, how much can you really feel? But I know on my couch, I felt it at a five on three at the end of the period. You're like, okay, you need one here. You need to at least get something because the shots weren't coming. Freddie Anderson not tested at all in that first period. Six shots, but two of them on that five-on-three power play. So they, they were going in the last minute, Pilsy, with four shots on goal in the entire period. So they get on the board. 
that was a huge momentum boost. And then after Kerfoot scored his little seeing eye wrist shot from the point, how did Ottawa just explode? First Brady Kachuk, then Austin Watson, and finally Chris Tierney. Three goals in four and a half minutes. Before we get to the goal uh, parade, I want to I want to stick to that first goal by Thomas Shabbat because, yeah, I would say that was a turning point because, as the old saying goes, if you can't score a goal on five on three, you don't deserve to win the game. So that was a massive moment, and uh, you pretty much uh, broke down that play by Shabbat perfectly, and that is why he is the Sens' top player. Like, it's it's combining the hockey IQ with the skating that allowed that to happen, but I also don't want to minimize the pass. Take a quick look. Watch the replays. Drake Batherson is holding the puck. He's got two Leafs guys looking right at him, puck watching. And what does he do? He quickly glances at Shabbat. Check the tight cam replay of Batherson. You can see his eyes. Quickly go over to Shabbat and then right back onto the net. And he's looking at the net the whole time after. He's selling shot. Marner and the other defenseman, I think it was Muzzin, bite so hard on that. And then he passes it right to an open Shabbat who bangs it home like that. The Sens power play was the worst in the league last year. And that's because last year you would have seen Shabbat just stay at the point. Batherson would have got the puck and passed it back to Shabbat. And then Shabbat would have tried to do something from the point. That's not what happening this year. He's moving his feet. He's not only, he didn't go to that open ice from a straight line either. He curled in and around the players to make them confused and make the coverage off. So that's, perfectly executed power play i mean mind you five on three you should be able to do that but still for a 31st power play team to be able to do that that shows big life and now to the goal parade the thing with almost all these goals that the Sens got the reason they're getting these goals is because they want the puck more in the slot when the puck was bobbling in and around uh, the hash marks, there's a bunch of players going for it. It's not the Leafs guys that came up with it. It was the Sens guys, and that's what allowed them to get those goals. Which one of those was your favorite of the three? Because I got to go with the Iceman. Just stepping into that wrister from the point, bar down, showing, hey, if you've been a listener locked on Senators, you know that Austin Watson was a first-round pick. And we mentioned he's not going to score a ton of goals, but he has talent. He's not a Matt Martin or a Ryan Reeves. He can play hockey, and we'll get to the the chirping of the bench later on too. Watching him and Brady do that was a ton of fun. But Brady gets the one classic tip in front, beautiful tip. Then Watson steps into a wrister. And Chris Tierney, what do you think about his goal as well? Kind of putting the cherry on top of that nice run of three. Yeah, definitely. And Chris Tierney, he was looking like he was pretty hurt the play before. He, I don't know what happened. He fell and slipped. He had ice all or ice and snow all over him. And then he gets the goal like that. Again, the puck is just bobbling there. And it's the Sens that wanted it more. And if you ask what my favorite goal was, I'm going with Austin Watson too. Like bar down the toothless grin. You got to love that. And similar to the Shabbat goal, I'm going to highlight the pass. How about a beautiful drop pass by Braden Coburn? Like that that's not a kind of play we expected from a guy who we thought would be the Sens' seventh defenseman, but that was smooth and he sets it up perfectly for Watson bar down. And that's what you love to see. Like those three guys getting those goals to get it going. And Hey, quick shout out. We harp on Zaitsev a lot. He was our lowest ranked healthy player on our uh, Sens value list. I think he heard that and that put a chip on his shoulder because he comes out with two assists tonight and actually made some decent defensive plays. Like you had his classic bobbling the puck moments. You'll, you're going to get that with Zaitsev. But overall, it was a good performance from him. 
And anytime you see Zaitsev bobble the puck, just know that that's what got you Connor Brown, who played three minutes and 50 seconds shorthanded and led all forwards in ice time with 19 minutes and 20 seconds. I wanted to touch on that too. Usually Connor Brown is used to leading all forwards in ice time, but normally last year you would see him creeping around 22, 23, 24 minutes. He was the highest uh, ice time guy for forwards and it's under 20 minutes. You know what that tells me? That tells me DJ Smith is rolling the lines. That tells me that he's confident with all four lines that he can put out there. He can put that packet. Anisimov and Watson line out there more often because he trusts them. He he's not looking like off. Oh, they're in the offensive zone. They're not going to score. No, Watson can score. Paquette can score. Anisimov can score. Like this is a team that has well rounded themselves and become more of a complete team rather than the Kachuk and Shabbat show. And that's what you need to be successful. I don't know if Artem Anisimov will be in the lineup tonight. He played the least of anyone on this team. Ten minutes and seventeen seconds, and was a minus. One, Evgeny Dadanov, really quiet night. No shots on goal either. I thought that was a bit surprising. He played 15 and a half minutes, but six of those minutes, Pilsy, were on the power play, which, I mean, you think you'd be able to generate some offense there, but we'll leave that. He was probably the most, the least noticeable before we get to Peter Houston, and then we're going to wrap up the show with our Send Central standouts, and we haven't even touched on Nick Paul. I got to mention that name before we even get to the standouts because he was unreal. The motor on him was outstanding. Three takeaways, by the way, for Nick Paul in last night's game. We have to mention Timmy Stutzla. He got the rookie lap. He's got the umlaut on the jersey. He made a couple nice plays, especially on his first shift. Stepan hit him in the neutral zone, and no panic as Mitch Marner, I believe, closed in on him defensively. Looked up, heads up play, tape to tape, right back to Stepan. So That was probably the highlight of his game. It was a couple like little dipsy doodles, but nothing substantial. How would you rate Timmy Superstar's NHL debut? Yeah, I mean, for considering that he just turned 19 years old, it's his first NHL game at home. There's got to be a lot of nerves. I think he played pretty well. Did he... Did he shoot the lights out? Was he absolutely dynamic? No, but that's fine. I actually think it's kind of good because you don't want him to expect it to be easy. You want him to keep working. And he didn't have the time and space he's used to. Sure, he had a couple nice moves and uh, with the puck on his stick, you could tell he had an extra pep in his step, but he didn't He didn't uh, come out onto the scene and uh, absolutely light it up, but that's going to take time. And I think that's good. And you know what I liked best about this? This is a performance where you got your third overall pick, a guy who's supposed to be offensively dynamic, and he didn't get those opportunities, but he was still in the game. He was throwing hits. He was being physical. He was skating hard. He was forechecking, backchecking. I think overall we saw a good performance from Timmy Stutzla, and I think once he get, I don't know, maybe five games under his belt, then you get a little more comfortable. I think we're really going to see an improvement from him, and he's going to start to get some scoring chances. 100% and he knocked uh, John Tavares off the puck in the offensive corner so you'd love to see that type of motor from Tim Stutzla and speaking of motors Pilsy one of the men who motors sports center Peter Houston is about to join us on the show and he cut the highlight pack in the Battle of Ontario last night so it'll be fun to get into that with him he's one of your former co-workers too isn't he? 
Yep, uh, back in TSN at the Sports Center newsroom. And I'm interested to talk to him because, man, that newsroom has gone through a lot of changes with uh, COVID protocols. It's not going to be the same hustle and bustle. So it'll be interesting to see how they get the job done now with uh, these uh, different circumstances. And yeah, you couldn't time it better. Like, we didn't even do this on purpose. Like, to have him on the show when he cut the TSN Sports Center highlight pack for the very first Sens game looks like uh, it was a match made in heaven here. So I'm stoked. Well, and myself too, I'm going to be heading into TSN studio later today and I'll be producing the Leafs broadcast of the Battle of Ontario on TSN 1050. So maybe I'll give a little kind of behind the scenes of what that is. I know already just looking through my phone in the morning, I got a text message because I've been producing Leafs lunch and everything from home. But when it's the game itself, I'm going to have to go in and there's like a full screening protocol that you have to go through and they're not messing around and and nor should they. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have all that and, and a whole lot more because, of course, we got to ask the typical question. How do you become a Sens fan? He says he's from the land of Donaire, another good East Coast boy. Here he is, this week's Sens Central Citizen. All right, we now welcome this week's Sens Central Citizen. It's Peter Houston. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter Houston. We'll also tag him in the tweet, so make sure you go follow him. Peter, what's up today, buddy? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thrilled to be here. Hey, well, you know all about shows, especially sports highlight packs. You're a story editor at TSN, and you were on this Battle of Ontario last night. Take us through the emotions from starting the game and then putting the highlight pack together at the end. Yeah, it was amazing. I was I was super stoked when I found out that I was going to be doing that game. You know, we got Timmy Timmy Superstar, aka Jimmy Stew's debut, and you know, obviously dialed in for that storyline. He gets the rookie lap by himself, and then obviously just with the way the game played out and big big sense victory, I was pretty pumped about that. But you know, as a as a professional here working for Sports Center, I can't be biased. I can't let my sense fandom uh, overtake me too much when I'm doing the highlights. So. You know, if it was a Leafs win, I would have to pump them up a little bit. But, you know, with the, with the Sens taking it, I was able to, to pump the Sens tires a little bit. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty memorable one. Yeah, that's always nice when, uh, sure, you got to be professional, but when uh, your team wins, that's always the best. Now, I want to get into a lot of people, everyone knows Sports Center, obviously, but a lot of people don't really understand how the show works. And I used to be in the newsroom right with you, Peter. We were uh, working together in the newsroom, but things are a little different now with COVID and, and et cetera. But I want to get into like how, what's the feeling when you go into work and you know that you're doing Leafs? Sands, the biggest game of the night. When I was working, I was doing covering NASCAR rain delays and Tour de France and beach volleyball, beach volleyball, and <laughs> whatever two worst MLB teams were playing. That's what they gave me. So I don't know anything about that. But tell us about what it's like to work the Battle of Ontario for TSN Sports Center. Yeah, you know, it was really cool. And uh, I've, I've done my fair share of, uh, you know, like German cycling and, you know, those types of things as well. So we've all we've all been there and we've all, you know, kind of sort of paid, paid our dues, I guess you could say, worked our way up, but yeah, it's super cool. And I was lucky enough, you know, over the last few months I did the masters and I got to do the Canada games at the world juniors, including the gold medal games. So I've, I've got to do some big events here in the last few months and, you know, Leaf Sens opening nights for the Sens was, it was a big one as well. So, you know, I, I try not to think about it too much. Sometimes when you're in the newsroom and um, you know, you're just kind of, you know, with your pals, just, you know, kind of just joking about the game. Sometimes you sort of forget that, you know, 
a few thousand, a few 10,000, 100,000, you know, whatever people are going to be watching your highlight pack over the course of the night, you kind of uh, lose sight of that a little bit. And then sometimes, you know, it'll be in the third period and the show's going to be starting right after the game. And I, I, you know, I'm kind of trying to get some last minute highlights and I'm like, oh, I better get this done and get this done properly because a lot of people are going to be watching this. You know, a lot of people are tuned into the game, including everyone who I know who knows that I'm doing the highlight pack. So if I screw up, you know, it's going to be pretty obvious. So occasionally there'll be that moment of, uh, I don't, not panic, but, you know, just kind of, you know, all right, time to buckle down here and sort of focus because, yeah, you know, lots of people are watching. And, but uh, overall, it's a, that's, a, that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, for sure. Like I always remember like when people would ask me, what's it like working in the newsroom for TSN for Sports Center? And I would say it's both the least stressful and most stressful job you could have. Like, like you said, there's times where you're just before the game, you're kind of just doing your research, hanging out, chatting sports with everyone there. And then the game starts and it is, it is on like, especially when you've got multiple sports centers running throughout the day, you got to make a 45 second highlight pack at seven 30, then a minute and a half at nine o'clock. Then the full pack's got to be ready to go. The second the game is over, you got to have that ready and flipped. So it can be absolutely crazy sometimes, but we heard you were saying you're doing the game again tonight. That's got to be nice when at least you get the same game back and forth and you're a Sens fan. So that makes things a little easier to research. No. Yeah, exactly. You know, normally, normally when you're doing a game for sports center, you want to come in, you want to read a few previews of the game. You know, you're looking up stats, looking up storylines, but um, as a Sens fan and as a Sens central citizen, I'm obviously dialed into to all the storylines already. I don't really need to do too much research. I'm uh, I'm pretty fully aware of what's going on at, for example, if, if any of the any people listening right now watched the highlight pack on Sports Center this morning, which of course they should have, um, you know, I was trying to get into a little bit of a Brady Kachuk storyline there in the second period when the sense kind of took off there. And just off the top of my head, I already knew the stat of he was on pace to be the first player in NHL history with 300 hits and 300 shots. Um, so I was able to just, you know, without, you know, needing to look that up or whatever, I'm like, okay, we're getting into Brady Kachuk now. So going to throw this stat and then I'm going to show the highlight of him uh, with the big hit on Tavares, which was awesome. And then, you know, goal and an assist. And then third period, I think he picked up his other assist. So yeah, it certainly helps that uh, just being a Sens fan, I've already got that kind of stuff in the back of my mind. And yeah, going into the game tonight, I'm, I was obviously dialed into what, what happened last night. So if anything happens that I need to, to reference from last night, I'm, I'm ready to go. So you might have to pull out that clip of Kachuk and uh, Watson having words with Simmons at the bench, see if that develops into anything more. And when you said uh, you put it that stat with Brady Kachuk and I was having a Leo DiCaprio moment watching it on sports center where he's pointing at the TV, like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't always expect that, but that is definitely something that a Sens fan would know. And speaking of which, you said you're from the land of Donairs. I see the King of Donairs shirt. So we've had a couple of good East Coast boys on the show before. How'd you become a Sens fan? Yeah, so growing up uh, in Halifax or just on the East Coast in general, um, I'd say fan allegiances are pretty all over the place. You know, we've got, you know, some Leafs fans out there, some Sens fans, Habs fans, even a lot of Bruins fans because Boston's actually the closest big city to Halifax. When I was growing up, wasn't much of a hockey fan actually when I was a kid it wasn't until I was about 12 or 13 years old um, a lot of my friends were just you know kind of 
kind of egging me on being like, all right, you know, you got to pick a hockey team. Like hockey's the big sport here. We, I was a big basketball guy. So uh, my dad's actually from Ottawa and his whole side of the family is from Ottawa. And the, he grew up as a Habs fan, as many people his age in Ottawa grew up as because this, there was no Sens at that time. But, um, you know, he's got a soft spot for the Sens. And, you know, I'd go visit my family in Ottawa all the time. So I was thinking, OK, the Sens are pretty cool. And uh, Chris Neal was actually my guy. He was the, he's the guy that <laughs> made me a Sens fan because uh, as a basketball fan growing up, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You can fight in hockey. Like that's, <laughs> that seems pretty awesome. And Chris Neal is the big, big fisticuffs guy for the Senators, obviously. So that's, that's about when I came, became a, a Sens fan was um, the, the Chris Neal heyday, probably 2002, 2003, around then when I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, so yeah, a combination of, of Chris Neal, a combination of my family sort of being from Ottawa, haven't looked back since. That's awesome. And I mean, if anyone can get you into hockey, I think Chris Neal is definitely one of those guys. So I want to ask you, what is the number one sends moment that sticks out to you? Like gives you chills, even a Chris Neal fight or something like what's the one and it doesn't have to be from way in the past. It can be a recent one too, but uh, tell us one of your favorite sends moments. Yeah, that's a good question. Hard not to go with the, the Alfie overtime or the, the, you know, the goal to send them to the cup finals back in 07, I guess that was. Um, that was certainly an, an electric moment. And that was definitely when I was sort of most dialed in um, as, a, as a Sens fan, sort of at the, the, the height of my, my Sens fanship. Yeah, I've got to go with that. I mean, there was a couple of times where one of my best friends growing up was a big Leafs fan. So we'd watch all the, you know, Hockey Night in Canada sends versus Leafs game and Neil and Ty Domi would always get into fights. And that was kind of our, uh, our, the thing we would look forward to most. And there was one, one game where Neil was just chasing Domi around all game, you know, laying the body on him, clearly trying to get him to drop the gloves and finally did. And Neil got the better of him. And <laughs> I wouldn't say that's my favorite sends moment, but the, those types of things stand out for me, you know, like the, just the little things and especially against the Leafs. Uh, like last night, you know, you kind of you kind of remember those ones a little more. Yeah, the two uh, the two arm like pump up the crowd move that Neeler did after a fight win at, on the home best. ice. There's nothing. Z- Zdeno ragdolling McCabe that sticks out for sure. Yeah, I actually tweeted that uh, some Leafs podcast started uh, tweeted at us something uh, Wayne Simmons in the penalty box like let's go. I, was, I just sent him back the the rag doll. I said, just throw you in Lake Ontario for that one. But uh, what's <laughs> it like Austin, being in Austin last night? Did the, the the classic look at the scoreboard? Yeah, he did. I saw that. End, which was amazing. <laughs> and when it's coming from Austin Watson, the toothless grin, and he he's on a rebuilding team, and he already got a goal. Like, hey, check the scoreboard, bud. <laughs> Yeah, you love to see that. And hey, Austin Watson, I think it was Jake Sinfeld on Twitter showed us this because they're calling him the Iceman. And now once he went no bucket in warm-up, it all makes sense. He's got the Chuck Liddell, the little mohawk down the middle. So that's all time. Are you are you a fan? I guess if you like Chris Neal, you would be having a, a pugilist or two on the team. Yeah, sure. I like it. I mean, I'm not yeah, sure. That's uh, such I'm... a great answer. <laughs> You know, my, my, my views on hockey has kind of evolved since I've been 12 years old and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like, we got to have a Brian your knuckles anymore. The team or, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's fun. I like it. And it's, it's fun to watch for sure, but I'm not kind of banging on the table that we've got to have a guy like that on the team, but Hey, Austin Watson, that was a pretty nice snipe last night. And if he's going to, if he's going to be telling the Leafs to look at the scoreboard, 
I'm, I'm all for that. Absolutely. Ice in his veins too. Maybe we can mix that into the Iceman nickname too. Now I want to ask you about another nickname that's been going around and being, being a part of the media and working at sports center, you're on top of all these stories. What do you think about Timmy Stutzla's new nickname, Jimmy Stew? Yeah. So that, that was actually a fun one last night as I was putting the highlight pack together. So our boy, Timmy superstar is, I think you guys coined him. Uh, oh yeah. You know, he didn't have too many highlights in the game, but he was a storyline going into the game. So I'm thinking, you know, I gotta, I gotta get this guy in the, in the highlight pack somehow, you know, in addition to his rookie lap kind of thing. So, you know, he had a couple, he had a couple of nice dangles in the offensive zone. I think he kind of, uh, toe dragged Nylander at one point, but it didn't really lead to anything. So it felt like I'd be sort of forcing that into the highlight pack. So, you know, I'm going through it and then I see Brent Wallace has got the pregame interview with them where he reveals his, uh, his Jimmy Stew uh, nickname that Kachuk gave him. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, kind of losing it laughing when I see it. And I show it to my, my highlight manager, my supervisor, who um, for anyone listening who doesn't know the way it works is we kind of have supervisors who help us kind of pick out storylines and, and help us decide what, what, what ends up in the pack, what we end up leaving out. And so I, I show it to him. I'm like, I think this is pretty funny. And then I can kind of tie this into all my Brady Kachuk stuff because Kachuk's the one who gave him the nickname. So he, my, my highlight manager goes, yeah, I love it. It's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, we put it in there. You know, I don't really understand it. You know, the first thing you think of is like, did Kachuk like legitimately think his name was Jimmy and not Timmy? <laughs> like, did he just mess that up? Or is he kind of just, yeah, like making it up like completely out of nowhere? So I think it, I think it's pretty hilarious. Um, Stutzla obviously seems to enjoy it. So yeah, I guess we're, we're rolling with Jimmy Stu for now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the superstar aspect. So I'm going to just keep it with Jimmy Superstar. So we'll, we'll keep a little bit of both and put the best of both worlds. Now, Peter, you're going to be absolutely dialed in, as you mentioned. But what's one hot take you got for the Sens season? Like they're 1 0. Are we getting 56 and 0 on the table? Like is Austin Watson going to be a goal game guy? But uh, no, in all seriousness, what, what do you think this, this group can, uh, can accomplish this year? Oh, let's. Uh, well, I kind of want to just fire off a crazy piping take just to just to get it. Let's see going it. Here. Let's see it. Get the clicks. Let's Matt get, Murray Vesna. Matt Murray Vesna. That would be a piping <laughs> one. He's uh, he was he was looking solid last night. Um, I got I do have a bet in for. I was talking to Pilsy about this. I do have my uh, Jimmy Stu for Calder bet in. Although that's not too much of a piping take. Uh, yeah. You know, a mildly warm take, I guess you could say. And, you got to have some money to, on it. You got to. Yeah. Shout out to, you know, your sponsor, Bet Online AG. You know, we'll give him another shout out there. Let, uh, Pilsy's parlay of the day hit last night, by the way. Not a big uh, deal. P- Pilsy's, Pilsy's dialed in. I got I, <laughs> I to gotta, I gotta make some money. But Pilsy's got uh, Timmy, Timmy Superstar for Calder as well. So I'm on that train. Um, Timmy superstar for Calder, Timmy superstar point per game, Timmy superstar, everything. That's, that's my hot take. Hall I'm, of a fame? Full, I'm a hall of fame. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I'm a believer. <laughs> I was actually talking to my dad as I was driving to work last night and he was, he was like, Oh, I don't too, know too much about this. Timmy, Timmy Stutzla guy. Is he, is he uh, like a Gretzky or like a Crosby, a McDavid? And I was like, Whoa, pump the brakes there, dad. But you know what? If we're firing off hot takes, Timmy Superstar is the next McDavid. Let's go. 
Yeah, I like that. I was comparing him to Mike Johnson the other day. We were chatting off air, and I said Artemi Panarin is the player comparable if he stays on the wing. Shifty, can do it all. And, man, that motor is nonstop. We saw him knock JT off the puck a couple times last night as well. Peter Houston, it's going to be nice for our fans now to know the, the man behind the story on SportsCenter. So for anyone listening, when you're watching that tomorrow morning on The Loop, hey, if there's a mistake, maybe it cuts to black for half a second. You know where to reach him on Twitter now for every step of the way. Peter, appreciate you taking some time with us today, and we look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Stick taps to Peter for joining us. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well. Pilsy, time to get to a new segment alert. We finished off the Sens organizational rankings just in time for the first game and now following every Ottawa Senators game, we will give our Send Central standouts of each and every game, not only on this show, but on Twitter as well. You can follow us there at Send Central. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review as well. We always do appreciate that. Even so, if you see it on Twitter, the main tweet when we put out the episode, throw that a like, throw that a retweet, tell your friends, Always appreciate that. Pilsy, who are your Send Central standouts of tonight's game? Well, I'm going to start with one, Ross. And for us to tout ourselves as a hashtag goalie-friendly show and not have even mentioned new goalie Matt Murray fresh off a four-year deal, a new trade, his first team or his first game with the Ottawa Senators. And he played 200th career career game, Pils. 200th career game for a 26-year-old. That is Two-time incredible. Cup champ. You got to love it. And look, I thought he played pretty well. It was There was a couple nervous moments where there were some scrambles in front of the net. The one thing I will say that I noticed about Matt Murray that I, I want to see some improvement going on, and it's something Penguins fans have talked about, that glove hand. And he had a couple uh, opportunities to make really good glove saves, and he made the save, but it hit that flat part of his glove and bounced out. You can't be doing that. Those are ones you need to catch and you need to secure to slow the play down because that leaves a juicy rebound. Especially on the five-on-three. That save was unreal, and it was on the one of the best shooters in hockey, Austin Matthews from the cross-ice feed from Mitch Marner, and he was able to track the play, which was impressive enough with so much traffic in front of the net, but he was able to get over there, and you're right. If you can glove that down, you let all your penalty killers take a deep breath or, better yet, get off the ice for a change. So that is something to work on, but it was more quality over quantity for Matt Murray, right? Only 23 shots but he was every bit as good as you needed him to be. Absolutely. Like, look at the goals that happened. The Zach Hyman goal, that's an absolute garbage call. And speak, like, speaking of this, what's the point of having uh, the reviews when you still get the call wrong? Like, sure, I'm biased. And they didn't as, even look at it for long. Yeah, I'm biased as a Sens fan, but, like, it was clearly above the crossbar. Like, it's where the puck and the stick make contact and it was clearly above the crossbar and i i hate lease fans glorifying like oh wow what a play by zach hyman no this shouldn't have been a goal it's garbage get that out of here but so that's the first goal so you can't fault matt murray for letting a goal in that shouldn't count well pillsy if hyman's goal the high stick should count how did colin white's headbutt last year not count it's garbage garbage hot garbage and then uh, the Kerfoot goal, you know, maybe maybe he could have had that. I'm not going to fault Seeing him for eye that. Seeing eye shot. 
Yeah, exactly. And then the Tavares goal, that's a good shot by one of the best players in the league. That'll happen. That's okay. So really, the goals that he let in weren't a big problem. The one play that I didn't really like, and I've kind of flipped on this, is there was a play where um, Austin Matthews was in tight, close to the net, and Matt Murray went to poke check it away. But as a goalie, you got to know when the puck is coming at you with that momentum, you can't poke check it with uh, such a high angle on your stick. Like he like sliced at it, and then the puck went all the way up, and it almost went in. And Austin Matthews, I think, got a tip on it. But luckily, Matt Murray threw his shoulder up and caught it. But that's a play where I'd like to see a little more control there, not uh, not really allowing that puck to bobble so high up on you but I mean these are nitpicky things right like overall he was positionally sound he seemed calm cool and collected in the crease I think we saw a really good game from Matt Murray and we can expect to see more of that as the season continues here so Matt Murray a sense central standout I'm gonna go with Nick Paul as my next one I teased it the three takeaways but he might have the best shot on the Ottawa Senators. Like he's won the hardest shot at the skills competition before. I believe it was 105 miles an hour. And he showed that in the first period when he had that rush and he created the rush for himself. So if he can create offense by himself, that adds such a different layer to his game. He's not just a grinder anymore. He can get up and down the ice. And I think that he's improved his speed a lot too. I'd be shocked if he's not working with some sort of skating coach because he looks very fast out there on the ice. Yep. I think we're going to see a big season from Nick Paul, especially now for the first time in his career, five years straight, he's not bouncing between the AHL and NHL. He's comfy here. And how about him muscling Jason Spezza? off the puck the Sens have officially won the Jason Spezza trade yeah now it's finally decided eh but I really liked I never would have guessed that DJ Smith would make the line of Nick Paul Chris Tierney and Connor Brown that wasn't really something I thought of but I love that line because you have a good combination of speed size skill defense offense like that is such a nice balanced third line it's great and I really liked Connor Brown he's the guy that set up that pass for uh Nick Paul to go on that on that breakaway and he really got a good chance there and I love Nick Paul's shot like for him to be able just to wire one from basically the blue line and almost beat a goalie clean that's so impressive only 14 minutes and 27 seconds for Nick Paul, but he was awesome. Definitely deserving of a Sen Central standout. And so was Brady Kachuk all over the ice. Exactly what you want a Brady Kachuk game to look like. A goal, two assists, plus three, five shots, five hits, picking right where he left off. Played almost 17 minutes and was a pain in the ass. He was chirping at the bench. He was letting Wayne Simmons know that, settle down buddy it's okay you, you know what the score is there's a minute left like we'll see you tomorrow night it's all good so that was just a beautiful reminder that Brady Kachuk is my favorite hockey player period yeah and like look those stats you just rhymed off those are incredible stats ho-hum we don't even need to get into it like that's Brady Kachuk that's what he's gonna do night in and night out well let's uh, talk about his line mate then because Josh Norris not only got his first assist first NHL point he got a second as well he played over 16 minutes now he was 25 percent in the face-off circle so maybe that's something get to, brady uh, on the draws what are we doing here well brady was 40 percent. brady won two out of five and uh yeah norris i mean that's probably the least of my concerns with his game though because get this he played almost six minutes of power play time drake batherson as well that kid line was given what we expected favorable opportunities 
but talk about making the most of it. Like three points for Brady, two points for Norris. And another stand, send central standout is Drake Batherson with two assists as well. Five shots on goal for Drake, four hits. So this kid line was all over the ice. And you talk about how Toronto overpaid their kids. And now they're like, they're men. They, they're expected to produce for this team. Entitled men that don't want to battle. Thank you. Entitled is the perfect word to describe them. And Mitch Marner talking about a karaoke machine before the game. Like, man, he's going to be singing the blues after last night's game. <laughs> However, the lack of, of entitlement from these kids, they just go out and grind every single shift. And I think that whole line should be considered a Sen central standout because holy did they come to play as did our final Sen central standout. Actually, I'm going to have two. One, I'll just quickly say Josh Brown came as advertised, big, tough, Huge hit on Simmons behind the net. I really liked his game, but we got to stick taps for Derek Stepan. We didn't even mention he scored his first goal in an Ottawa Senators uniform. And I mentioned how Norris and Kachuk and among others actually struggled in the faceoff circle. Derek Stepan, 71%, 10 for 14. And that created a lot of possession and allowed Tim Stutzla not to have to run around on the defensive side as much as he would have otherwise. So, that's it for me, Derek Stepan. And I feel like we should give the Iceman a little more love too if you want to do that, Pills. Yeah, Austin Watson had a great game. Only one hit, which is surprising. You'd think you'd get a little bit more out of him. But I want to touch on a couple of things you said there because Drake Batherson, he had some nice passes. But what I liked most from Drake is, and we talked about this, with his size is going to come more confidence. He was able to carry the puck into the zone with ease. There was even a couple times where he split the D carrying the puck into the zone. And how about the how about the performance from Toronto's top pair? I'm using quotations. Riley and Brody going a combined minus seven on the night. How are you? And Austin Matthews a minus three. He looked so frustrated out there. That's what I love to see. Mitch Marner was invisible. He was probably trying to find the lyrics for the next Drake song for his karaoke night. And the Toronto Maple Leafs just looked so flat. And that's because the Ottawa Senators came out and they came out hungry. So this was a good game all around. And hey, right back at it tonight. Right back at it tonight. Do you think, and I know we mentioned in our preview, no update yet from DJ Smith, but based on what you saw from Matt Murray, do you go back to him or is it time to get Marcus a, a rep here in net? No, you get Marcus Hogberg in there. There's no reason to push it right off the bat, right? And look, maybe if you're the Winnipeg Jets and you're looking, hey, we got Connor Hellebuck and then Laurent Brossois here, maybe you go back to Hellebuck. But Marcus Hogberg is a great backup goalie. And we talk about battling. That's a guy that's going to battle for you. And now that he's got the team in front of him to uh, help him out a little and when the game gets close and gets to overtime and shootouts, they can actually finish it off for him. I think we're going to see a nice performance here. And look, this battle between Hogberg and Campbell, that's going to be, that's kind of a nice matchup. Like I would say they're they're at even par. Sure, Campbell a lot more experienced, but skill-wise, I would say they're right around the same level. Well, Jack Campbell can't do much worse than Freddie Anderson. A 792 save percentage for Freddie Laleem, uh in Toronto's goal. So, hey, it's going to be a fun one tonight. We don't know the lineup changes officially. It's not even a lot. Colin White's got to get in there, though, right? He switches for out for Anisimov. Yeah. Has to. That, yeah. that has to be the only line change. If Paquette wants to get taken out, I know he had three block shots, which led all forwards on this Ottawa team. Only Gabranson with more with five, but. I would get Paquette out of there too. I thought that holding call was a little, a little, you know, tic tac, and I don't think that needs to be anywhere. He played 11 11, so he was the second least 
amount of ice time among forwards. One thing's for sure, that kid line is staying together, Pilsy. I can guarantee that. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to say it looked like in the second period, DJ Smith put for a little, yeah in there for a couple minutes. So that was interesting. I think probably you're seeing that because of the loss of faceoff draws by Josh Norris, right? You want to get that line possession. You want them to have the puck in the offensive zone, but he did go back to it later on in the game. So that's a good sign. So the Ottawa Senators have not lost a game in 311 days now, and we'll hope that continues tomorrow. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. We'll be back to break this all down for you on a Sunday edition. Yes, we'll let you know our schedule updates. We're going to do it monthly because of how the schedule turns out. We don't want to miss recapping games, previewing games, and we're going to be here every step of the way. So follow us on Twitter at Send Central. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.